Scott and Paul Show, episode 53. Scott, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, the Thanksgiving news started very early for Sony. No E3. That's kind of a shock. I remember when Nintendo didn't show up for an E3 with the Wii U um, a couple years after launch, and it was this huge to-do. Well, E3... Uh, no E3 started with their... What's Sony's little gimmick that they have for the fans? I'm drawing a blank. Well, they canceled that, and now they are canceling their... E3 with the little quote is as the industry evolves Sony Entertainment Interactive Entertainment continues to look for incentive opportunities to engage the community PlayStation fans mean the world to us and we always want to innovate think differently and experiment with new ways to delight gamers as a result we have decided not to participate in E3 in 2019 we are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019 and can't wait to share our plans with you. So, Scott, does that mean they've pretty much shown everything they have already? They have nothing? Or are That's they possible. just waiting to have their own little gimmick and show off an early look at PlayStation 5? Maybe they'll do Sony Direct. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're also in way better position than Nintendo was a few years ago with their skipping E3. Um, I, I really think Sony doesn't need E3. E3 needs everybody that comes to it a lot more than they need E3, especially the bigger name companies. Or do they still go to this because it's just something that's been done? It's like a tradition almost. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, I mean, technically, Microsoft's not at E3, and Nintendo's not at E3. They have their own little gimmicks, so they're not really at the event. They're off-site. Well, is, but... is E3 still a press-only event? No, it's open to the public. But Did they open it? Okay. There's, I don't know, like 1,500 tickets or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember years ago there was a stinker of them closing it. But anyways, yeah. Bottom line, Sony doesn't need E3. No, I mean, you have like 85 million PlayStations out there, so they don't really need to go. No. Now, when it's time to announce and show off the PS5 and maybe to to make the big splash, it makes sense. But bottom line, they just don't need them. Probably something they spend money on every few years rather than every year. Would you want to announce it at E3 or your own little presser? I don't know. When they upstaged Microsoft with their announcement for the Xbox One versus the PlayStation 4, that was a uh, wow. I, th- I, th- I really think that had a lot more to do with the sales gap than people want to admit. I mean, they they were able to be at the same event and just lay the smack down. So it just depends. 
More Sony censoring, though, so... Uh... Scott, you Dead or Alive fan? I play. What was the last Dead or Alive I played? What was the first one that released on 360? Is that four? Uh, 360 is... No, it was probably like three or something three? like that. Three? Three or two? No, no, no probably one, probably three. It was three or... It was three or four, whatever. Yeah. They have five of them, right? Yeah, I think six is getting ready to release now. Okay, well, assume there's a four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I played four, like, quite a bit, but between that... Three and four are kind of running together for me. Three was released on the Xbox and the Xbox 360. I'm pretty sure. So it was X, it was Dead or Alive four. Yes, I really like Dead or Alive four, and it's not just because they kick eye. Well, well, yeah. I mean, they do have great physics. I mean, it's it's kind of like Soul Calibur. They have the realistic graphics as opposed to like Street Fighter. Right. They're just. Yeah. It's it's a really good fighting system. It's different, but I cannot speak to anything past 4. I think 4 was one of the earlier 360 games I got. Well, Sony likes to... uh, Well, we can't confirm if this is Sony or not, but Dead or Alive Extreme 3 Scarlet will be coming out March 20th, 2019 in Japan for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. However... The PlayStation 4 version is going to be censored. Specifically, the jet black fan, gold fan, and the softening gel will be absent. Now, basically, you're losing a lot of clothing, boobage, crap. Anyway, um... The so, Extreme 3, this is the uh, volleyball stuff. I imagine so. Yeah, this is the fantasy... You take pictures and white. Yeah, it's lame as shit. Ain't nothing wrong with volleyball. Absolutely not. The volleyball was pretty good. Yeah, I played the first one. I rented it, like snuck it into the house <laughs> <laughs> with the girlfriend to see me with it. Yeah. Uh, I might have played two or three hours of it and quit. I mean, yeah. if I want to see if I want to see females that bad. Uh, the internet's way yeah. easier and cheaper. But um, we don't know if this is uh, Sony doing this or not, but Sony has been tampering with censorship. Um, they have a new policy. I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not, but the new policy from Sony Interactive Entertainment is forcing Japanese developers to censor games in not only Western regions, but even in their own home country. So, um, but what they're doing is they're asking Japanese developers to plead their approval only in English, which is the weird thing. Well, that's just crazy they're asking them to do it in english that doesn't even make sense yeah however um nintendo is pretty much we don't care so the roles are kind of reversed from what you normally think yeah yeah i just considering the stuff that comes out of japan 
is this is pretty tame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is so much more tame. <laughs> the uh, so much more tame. The first game that got hit with this policy was Silverino Trinity, I think is how you pronounce it. And then the uh, developer, I guess the name is Light. They were saying that you know they were hoping to get this game out on PlayStation by New Year's, and because of this censorship, they they can't do it. If they were just putting it out on Steam, it would be done by now. But because of PlayStation being so strict, they can't do it. I don't know. Here's a novel idea. Put whatever the hell you want in the game and uh, let the customer decide whether they want to bring it in their home or not. Well, that's what Steam does. Yeah, I mean, it tells you the content of the game in general terms, is explicitly stated before you purchase it. It's on the games. If there is nudity, there will be the words nudity in the description or on a label or something. Uh, strong sexual themes, mature themes, yada, 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 etc. Stuff's already on there. So, yeah. I mean, it's to me, I don't know if it's something to do with trying to improve their brand image or something, but it just seems like it's causing a lot of unnecessary headache when the yeah. labels pretty much cover the issue, in my opinion, which is fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe once they got 80 million, 80 million homes, they're like, now they're worried about their brand. You had a hundred and... What, 20 million PlayStation 2s out there? Now you're worried? Yeah. Is it 2018? Are they worried about being PC now? Hey, we're we're heading into the new era of Puritanism. Spearheaded by Sony and not by Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we didn't get... We're not getting Sony at E3, but we did have XO18 which was in Mexico City. This is Microsoft Studios' little get-together for our fans. Um, We're going to do a quick rundown. It is Uh, ironic. I'm sorry to backtrack for one second. Okay. But it is ironic that the name of the Dead or Alive Extreme 3 is Scarlet. Oh, (laughs) Xbox. Like Scarlet Letter. (laughs) With this whole... um, this this censorship the censorship yeah that's just, that's just funny it's ironic okay moving forward um XO18 was in Mexico City a fan and get together bullshit um so first off this was I just copied and pasted this from Kotaku so there you go. Yes, I stole this. Um, Microsoft Studios has acquired both Obsidian and Exile. In Exile, I can't. I don't know. I've never heard of them before. In Exile. In Exile, yeah. They're both RPG companies. Obsidian, I know of. Uh, both are known for making games in similar genres. However, Microsoft wants to keep them unique. Um, Obsidian made. Um, 
They made Vegas, didn't they? Yeah, and Knights of the Old Republic. Yep. Uh, two? Yeah, yeah. One and two? They made, no, they made two. Did they make uh, Baldur's Gate? Was that one? I'll bring them up because I need. Obsidian makes more third person RPGs and. Neverwinter Nights, too. In Exile, they make kind of the old school, top down. South Park, Stick of Truth. Yeah. So they've made some yeah. quality titles. So as of right now, Microsoft Studios owns more first-party titles, I guess if you want to call them first-party, than PlayStation. Think about that. So heading into the next gen... Ah, uh, this is why I'm f- so familiar with Obsidian. The cancelled mm-hmm. Aliens RPG from 2010... Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing for you? I'm not sure. It looked like it was promising, but I can't remember why it dried up. It might have had something to do with Sega. And, could have been. But whatever. Could have been sales. There's a, there was a story behind it. I do remember that. Yeah. But, uh, they released a couple games early, but it looks nothing that really jumps out recently. I think Obsidian was saying that their problem was they were always had one hand tied behind their back. Was a was their problem? That's that was the um, I think one of the game designers or like the CEO or something like that. He said that was their problem. So now since Microsoft is behind them, they don't have that issue anymore. Was it because of their um, funding yeah, budget? Pretty much. All right. That's why a lot of these guys are joining Microsoft. All it takes is one game to fail, and you're out. Um, They collaborated with Bioware on Neverwinter Nights, Baldur's Gate, and Baldur's Gate 2. I knew they had played some other stuff they did. Yeah. The... um, Okay, so they have made some good games. Yeah. They're... Good company, but like the guy said, one hand tied behind their back. Yeah. Um, Crackdown 3 is releasing February 15th, 2019. It's coming to Xbox Game Pass on the day it releases. And as of right now, the original Crackdown is free in the Microsoft Store until November 30th. So if you haven't played it, go ahead and pick it up right now. And remember, it, if you do have an Xbox One X, it is um, upgraded to 4K, and it does look really good. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is coming to Xbox Game Pass November 12th, so that's right now. And um reason why, I'm sure, is because... Supposedly, it is going to PlayStation. So, if you don't want to buy it, you got Game Pass. There you go. Phil Spencer said there are would be some improvements to the Windows Store. He spoke about taking on a quote bigger leadership role to implement some improvements to make it tailored toward gamers. The Windows Store does suck. Yes, it does. Um, 
Hellblade is getting a physical edition. It's also coming to Game Pass in December. Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to have Winnie the Pooh minigames. Uh, Final Fantasy 13 series is getting backwards compatibility. And if you haven't watched the Digital Foundries... Well, it's not a retro series they did, but they just... They compared all the versions, PC, Xbox, all that crap. Uh, This version is the best version, even compared to the PC. Wow, that's impressive. They basically went through and took all the bank footage and everything, and they they did an amazing job with it. So if you're going to be playing Final Fantasy XIII, this is the version to play it on. Uh, Final Fantasy, basically everything they have announced, uh, everything but Final Fantasy X, I mean Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy VIII is coming to Xbox next year. No, the one that I like. So it'll be 7, 9, 10, X2, 12, they're all coming to Xbox One. Was eight just not well received or? I don't know why they're getting hate for eight. Why the hate for eight? I have eight. I love eight. Never played it. Well, you're a hater. I've, you know what, though? The I've played seven, nine, and X. <laughs> <laughs> so I skipped eight. I haven't beat any of them. You're part yes, of it's true. I've never beat Final Fantasy seven. Shut up. Well, maybe you can win the... I never uh, earned it until just recently. Well, when the uh, remaster comes out in 2025, you can play it. No, I'm, it's a, it's on my to-do list as soon as I get through a couple more games I have. Well, there's like three of them up here you got to do reviews for, so. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you got to do God of War, you got to do Spider-Man, so whenever you pick up the PlayStation up here, no. That's only about 80 hours of games you got to play up here. Civilization Revolution is enhanced, and it is coming to the Xbox One, the enhanced version. It's already backwards compatible. Sea of Thieves is getting a new game mode, the arena. Uh, early 2019. Stay Decay 2 is adding new gear. Shadow Tomb Raider is getting a new challenge tomb. So you can play it single player or co-op, and there's a time attack mode. Mouse and keyboard support are coming to 14 titles. Scott, you remember the summer of arcade? Yes. It's coming back. But it's called the Winter of Arcade. Well, that's cool. Forza Horizon 4 is getting a new expansion later this year. It's called Fortune Island. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Mouse and keyboard support are coming to 14 titles. Yes. Which ones? Uh, they gave a list, but I'm not going to go through them. Okay. Anything noteworthy? Probably. Oh, you just, I see what happened here. <laughs> it's a one-hour show, Scott. It's a one-hour show. But you're, are you going to go out there and buy a mouse and keyboard? I probably have one. Or five of yeah. each. Yeah. Uh, you can probably click on the link at the top. It will tell you. Just Fuck click, it. Click on the link, fucker. It will tell you. 
I was looking up why they canceled that Alien game. Oh. <laughs> Sega canceled Aliens Crucible without even looking at the demo that they sent them. That's crazy. Yeah. And 16 games were announced for Xbox Game Pass. Not all available or even announced. I have a bad typo problem. I always say ever when I mean even. Um, some... Some might already be out yet, but um, here's the question with Xbox Game Pass, though. They always like to drop titles, which is why I don't have Game Pass. Right. I have PlayStation now because they don't tend to drop titles. Anyway, the titles announced are Place, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Void Bastards, Hellblade, Ori and the Blind Forest, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Thief of Seasons 1, Kingdom 2 Crowns, After Change... Supermarket Shrek, Mutant Year Zero, Pathologic 2, Secret Neighbor to Good Life, Agents of Mayhem, MXGP3, Thomas Was Alone. So, Scott. Yes. Anything? Or in, or in the Blind Force is really good. Um... I've never played Hellblade. I've wanted to. It's not very good. I don't like it. Mm. I mean, I probably love it though. Um, I don't see mouse and keyboard support. I I, I, I clicked the link. Oh yeah, there's a couple of good games on here. War Thunder. That's really fun. Warface. I haven't played that. In, no. Warframe. Well, it's coming to Warframe too. Daisy. Uh, Warhammer Vermintide 2, it's alright. Yeah. Uh, and Fortnite. Yeah. That's a big deal on Fortnite. That's a game changer right there. Yeah. Oh, hell, these little eight-year-old bastards kicking my ass. You wait and <laughs> see, son. I'm going to have an advantage. <laughs> You're not prepared for my mouse and keyboard skills. Unfortunately, I think the way it's going to be set, set up, you can't play with them. Oh, it's not like Quake 3 on Dreamcast? No, no. Where you felt like the computer was controlling everything and just screwing you? <laughs> if you had a controller, you could you could tell. Yeah. You could tell. Well, well, this week we had an anniversary. Uh, 17 years ago, the GameCube was launched. And six years ago, the Wii U was launched. All on the same day, November 18th. All right, real quick. Favorite GameCube game? Well... Metroid Prime here. Metroid Prime, that's a good one. It's either going to be that or... Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the game now. The sound design and score for Metroid Prime is just so unreal. The atmosphere, the control, making the 3D platforming or three-dimensional platforming in first-person view work. It's just a great freaking game. Is it going to be Metroid Prime or Eternal Darkness? Yeah. Yeah, Eternal Darkness is pretty good. Certainly probably the most innovative game. Yeah. Of the entire generation, maybe. Resident Evil 4 was good, and so was 
Resident Evil was just that remake was beautiful, but yes, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go when, with Metroid Prime. Yeah, that's that's definitely my favorite. Wind Waker's up there, but I'm not sure exactly. Probably two. Probably two. I go with Wind Waker two. Wii U favorite game. Uh, hmm. What's still exclusive? Rogue Squadron 2 was really good, too. Ah, uh, yeah, Rogue Squadron 2 was amazing. It's a pretty good GameCube game. Uh, um, Wii U? Oh, we got that piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, they got... Uh, I would have to say... I don't even give a shit if it came out later on a different system. I'd have to go with either Bayonetta 2 or Mario Maker. Mario 3D World is freaking insanely good. Especially with your entire family wanting to strangle each other playing it. So. Man, I can't even think of... Probably. Tropical Freeze was really good. <laughs> um... Also on Switch. Nintendo Land. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have shit on that system. I I freaking love Nintendo Land. The um, the Zelda theme park or Zelda amusement, whatever it is. We played the shit out of that Zelda and the Metroid Blast or whatever it was called. And Mario Chase. Um, and the Pikmin was really good. So, I mean, there was at least four... That I, my me and my family spent a lot of time playing. Of course, does it <laughs> is that all the quality of the title, or the fact that they didn't release jack shit for it hardly? <laughs> uh, probably Super Mario. Serious software drought. I'm going Super Mario 3D World. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, like really good. Yeah. GameCube uh, was, was superior to Wii U. I have to go with that. Yeah. But if it wasn't for the Wii U, you wouldn't have the Switch. So. Or she had Twilight Princess HD and you had GameCube, or not GameCube, Wind Waker HD, but those were games that were just made pretty. Or prettier. Well. Sorry. Um. Okay, let's do it this way. Detective Pikachu. Had a cute little oh. game that led to a, looks like a cute little movie. Yeah, I heard Ryan Reynolds was voicing Pikachu, and I love Ryan Reynolds, but I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's going to work, because the voice is baritone or whatever, and... Yeah, I don't like the voice. It, yeah, I was. It's it takes me out of it. For one, I mean, it's going to, it's going to work in the long run, I think, but I can't unsee Ryan Reynolds when I hear him speak now. I mean, I've watched him on the... The TV show that he was on, I can't remember the name of it, but hell, I've seen every episode. Two Chefs and a Little Girl, or what the heck name it was. And a pizza place, or whatever. Two guys, Two guys and a pizza. girl on a pizza place. Yeah. I think that was it, and then they dropped the pizza part of it. But anyways, I watched well, all that. That, that sounds like a porn now, Two Guys and a Girl. All, yeah, all of his movies, it, it sounded like a porn to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I mean, I've seen most of his movies, and... Especially with Deadpool and him voicing Deadpool and not uh, 
in the mask a lot of times. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of off. But the freaking trailer looked great. I think I'll enjoy it. Well, you didn't play the game. I'm not even you? a big Pokemon guy. But, you know, I'll go watch that movie. You didn't play the game, did you? Pokemon Go? No, Detective Pikachu. No, I haven't played Detective Pikachu no. yet. Yeah, after playing Detective Pikachu and then watching the the trailers, just yeah, it's it's rough because you hear the voice for the entire game and then you're seeing right Ryan Reynolds is it's it's not right. I just hear Pika Pika. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, it's the voice is so wrong. <laughs> you know some smart ass gonna redub that entire film <laughs> every time he opens his mouth he's gonna say Pika Pika yeah <laughs> and then we had the uh, final I mean I, I, I should say though after playing the game it's they pretty much got it I mean if you play the game you watch that it's 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 close close enough I should say so. well what dialogue I heard as far as the quality of the dialogue it doesn't seem like it's gonna be like Alvin and the Chipmunks three. No, I mean it's it's, it's it seems like they might be able to write. They they pretty much got the core of what the the story was. I mean, I, um, at least they got the opening part. I mean, not the entire setting wasn't correct, and and how they did it, but I mean, it's close enough. I mean, it's it was the guy's dad was. A detective, and he went missing. And you no, know, Pikachu was the detective's original partner. And he's like, "Well, look, kid, I'm going to help you find your dad." That, and so he partners up with him to help him find him. That's the story. Nah. Now, how close? That's what it looks like they're doing in the trailer as well. And then the part where he's like. You can hear me. You can hear me. And he's like walking with them in the street. He's like, "Can you hear him?" And she turns to the Pikachu and he says, "Pika, Pika." He's like, "See, kid, they can't hear me." That's that's how it is in in the game as well. But the difference is, you hear Ryan Reynolds' voice, "Kid, they can't hear me." But in the game, you hear that gruff voice, "Kid, they can't hear me." It's, <laughs> it just doesn't work. If you can pick up that game, um, well used, but you can't pick it up cheap because it's freaking Nintendo. I mean, it's it's good, it's cute. You're falling in love with Detective Pikachu, but it's uh, well. There is a backlash for him talking. What's the backlash? Well, I'm sure there's a backlash over Ryan Reynolds, but there's a backlash over how furry the Pokemon are. They're supposed to be furry. If you yeah. actually if you read the if you read the description of what Pokemon are, they're supposed to be furry. They have fur. Jesus, calm down. Well, I'm I'm just saying <laughs> saying they're they're, they're freaking furry. Well, I'm just I just punched in Detective Pikachu and uh that was the first thing that came up on BBC News. And they're thick yellow fur, which some fans have called grotesque and disgusting. And uh, some people are just kind of being pissy about it. And then one person says, 
this guy, this is a pretty good quote. It says, really digging how the Detective Pikachu movie doesn't look like it's playing it safe at all. Those realistic designs are so gross and unexpected, and I absolutely love it. Can't wait to see how freaky they get with this license. And then Jigglypuff has a little hair flop in the middle of his head, and someone's got a picture posted of the actual cartoon character Jigglypuff. Yeah. It says, anybody who wants to see this hyper the this one hyper realistic animated version of this to be hairless is wrong. You realize how gross that hair flip would look as a fleshy mass, right? Thank God they added fur. So there's yeah. there's a, there seems to be a rift. Yeah, well they're supposed to have. It, it says in the description, they're furry. They don't have. Right. It's not flesh. They're not. What's the cat that doesn't have any fur? The hairless cats. I mean, I don't remember what they're called, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's not what they are. I mean, it's like people getting all pissy about. Well, I never uh, assumed Pikachu had was just yellow skinned with red dots. I yeah. just thought he was a f- little mouse dude. Yeah, that's like uh, people getting pissed off about Jared. Gerald on on um, uh, Netflix's The Witcher. In the books, it's based on the books. He doesn't have he in the books. He hates uh, beards. He hates facial hair, so he doesn't have facial hair and and. In the Netflix series, yet people are pissed off because he doesn't look like the games, because they have this vision that he should look just like he does in the game. Well, the games are wrong. I think completely unqualified opinion that Pikachu is going to make it's going to set records and sit on box office mojo for decades. I think it will make over $100 million opening weekend. That's what I think. I think it's going to smash faces. Speaking of smashing faces, Aquaman, what do you think? I want to see this freaking movie, and it pisses me off that I want to see it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you Be- get one thing right, and it's fucking Aquaman. In this, it's bro Aquaman. That's what I love about it. He's bro Aquaman. I, what about when they say bra? Can it be Braquaman? <laughs> it's Braquaman. What's up, bra? Yeah. Braquaman. Yeah, yeah, when I say get it right, <laughs> I don't give a shit if you're true to the character in this instance. Just freaking make him cool. Yeah. You know? This, when we first saw Aquaman, we thought, no God, but then when you see him played out, it's awesome. I love this Aquaman. Yes. Um, once you get rid of the problem, Zack Snyder. Yeah, once you get rid of him, the orange outfit, the classic outfit, and I, I'm using classic in the wrong sense. Superman has a classic outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Batman has classic outfits. Aquaman. Has his original outfit. <laughs> let's just yeah. let's let's take the word classic out and go with the original, and it looks awesome. They're going to make it classic, so yeah, yeah. I want to see this movie. Yeah, I'm sorry, I will be there opening weekend for a DC movie. Holy shit! I don't even think I went and I didn't even go and see Justice League opening weekend. I still haven't seen it. I sat back and. I waited until my friends said, eh, it's all right. And I was like, all right. I'll, I'll, my kids like Batman, Superman, all that. And I do too. I'll give it a shot. 
It was all right. I saw Wonder Woman. That was it. I liked Wonder Woman. That was really good. Yeah. Um. Well, on to somebody who knew their stuff, and that was Stan Lee. Passed away. 95 years old. Well, what can you say about Stan Lee? Probably the greatest comic book creator of all time. Absolutely. I mean... Not probably the greatest. He, Yeah, he is the greatest. He... I mean, there's some people that made some in, some enduring characters. I mean... Bob Kane and Batman. No, Bob Kane didn't make Batman. Bill Finger made guy. Batman. Who? Bill Finger made Batman. Whatever. And then you got Siegel and... Um, wow, my cred just fell apart. Sluster and Seeger. Yeah. 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 Well, anyways, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they made you one know? character. <laughs> and, and, and if they made any other characters, they were supporting characters. Yeah. I mean, Stan Lee... Just basically, like, rubbed his balls across the comic book world, and wherever they went, characters sprang forth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say the two greatest in the world were Stanley and Bill Finger. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, Spider Man, Fantastic Four, The Hulk, Hulk, X Men, X Men. Which was crazy because someone was trashing him for being a bigot this week. And it was like the whole X-Men series is about accepting people that's different. Yeah. I mean, that that's what it primarily boils down to. So, just stupid. But he had a, he had a big heart and, you know, he broke down a lot of barriers. I mean, look at the X-Men. Uh, you know... Look at like black superheroes, you know, female leads, all that stuff. He did a lot. He did a lot of that. So, I mean, really, you're just kind of missing the the boat when you say things like that. Yeah, he he made Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, he's it's. I mean, everybody dies. It happens to everybody, but. You know, they really lost a great mind when he passed away as far as comic books goes. Comic books and humanity. Yeah. And I saw a clip. Or was it a picture? Anyways, the the caption was he was sitting in a chair with his legs crossed. It looked like a director's chair, but it was just one of those cheap-ass chairs that they use and fold-outs. And the guy that was putting the picture up said, you know, this was when I interviewed Stan Lee a couple years ago and I'm paraphrasing here. And he said, Stan Lee was talking about his fans at this moment before the interview began without being prompted. That's, that's what Stan Lee was about. He was about the fans because the fans helped make him. Because he made great characters and they bought the product. And he was always very respectful of that. And there's been a lot of writers and artists come out and talk about that aspect of him. How appreciative he was of the people that buy the product. Well, the fans in general. Even you know, just the people that loved what he made. 
Yeah. Which was freaking excellent. Iron Man. The Avengers. They're kind of a big one to mention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I can't even imagine what it would look like to look to actually Google a list of characters specifically created by Stan Lee. All the villains. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Magneto. Shit. That's one of the best villains in comics. Dr. Doom. Yeah. Yep. Another one. Well, Stanley, I mean, we'll be talking about him forever. So. My first comic I ever bought with my own money was X Factor 16. So. Um, no, Spider Man 16. It was Spider Man 16. And guest starred the X Factor, and Juggernaut was in it. And he got stabbed in the face by Shatterstar, in the eyeball specifically. So. Thanks, Stan Lee, for <laughs> for that graphic violence you inspired. But hey, I I I'll never forget that panel. Yeah. So, I mean, no, he didn't write that or draw that one specifically, but it was there because of him. Yeah. So, with Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby, well, Dream Team. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't you can't deny their contribution either okay also Scott you got some homework to do you need to watch Batman and Bill on Hulu as soon as you get the chance you need to learn I'm aware of yeah you need to learn about Bill Finger okay now on to the main event the films of 1981 we have 15 movies. We are going to knock these down to 10. Then down to 5. And we're going to put these 5 films in order. And these will be your top 5 films of 1981. Oh, wait, hold on. Okay. Scott. Heads or tails? Heads. Hey Siri, flip a coin. Tails. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, the first movie. Oh, I guess we should go down the list, shouldn't we? Scott, go down the list for the people at home. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. These are in no particular order. Superman two. Stripes. Cannonball Run, Time Bandits, Clash of the Titans, The Fox and the Hound, The Great Muppet Caper, An American Werewolf in London, Halloween 2, Escape from New York, Excalibur, The Howling, Scanners, and Dragon Slayer. Well, I talked to our boy today, from Scott and Sometimes Dan show. Talk to him. He was oh, a yeah. yeah, he was a big fan of uh one of these films today. Clash of the Titans. That's his personal favorite on here today. Hmm. Hmm. Well, first movie I am going to take off Excalibur. I uh Yeah, you're not hurting me yet. Yeah. I uh <laughs> I watched 
the first 30 minutes of that, and I was like, this is trash. <laughs> so I had to get rid of it. Yeah, it's... It's, it's visually very interesting, but it plays out like a freaking timeline. That totally kills it. It doesn't hold up. There's it's no plot development. It's, it is a slow movie. It's like they took a history book and literally just wrote it down minute to minute. Yeah. All right. Scotty. Ooh, let's see here. What am I cutting? I'm going to go with what's left. Because <laughs> we I like how I'm saying that, like we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> uh, well, we honestly oh, have man. a pretty good idea of what the top five should be. Yeah, the Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the Muppet it's movie. It's funny. Yeah, it's, but it's not the Muppet movie. We know that. No. Uh, no. Um. This list gets hard fast. Yeah, it's starting to. I'm gonna argue this one gets difficult quicker than the 1980 list. Yeah. Because the next one that's jumping out at me to cut um, is obvious, but after that, it's like, wow, these are some good movies. Just because I don't remember much, I'm gonna have to cut it. So I'm going to go ahead and say it in advance. So you might want to save it. Dragon Slayer. Is Dragon, yeah, Dragon Slayer is a good movie, but there are seven or eight on this list that are better. Okay. So I couldn't remember if it's actually better than The Howling or not. Uh, and that's what I can't remember about The Howling. The Howling is the only one on here I'm really drawing a blank. I mean, I re- remember a few things from The Howling, Yeah, but I have not seen it literally since I was eight and I did my homework on this list. Yeah. And that was one I just didn't get to. So I think Uh, you're going to take the howling next. Yeah. I'm cutting the howling. Uh Oh, it's getting bad. But yeah, dragon slayer was good. Just wasn't great. And now it's getting bad. It's getting tight. Oh God. Um, okay. I see the one that I'm, I'm zeroing in on one. All right. I'm getting rid of Halloween two. Now I'm zeroing in on another. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hold on. We are now at the top 10 films in no order. Yes. Raiders of Lost Ark, Superman two stripes, cannonball run. Time Bandits, Class of the Titans, The Fox and the Hound, An American Werewolf in London, Escape from New York, and Scanners. I got rid of Halloween 2 because eh, it's Halloween 2. You have to judge it on its own merit. And I was never a Halloween yeah. fan. But it's still, compared to American Werewolf in London, eh, which they're yeah, both kind of slow. Movie. Yeah, it's a better made movie, too. Yeah. Me, I would cut, and this hurts to cut this one. Better fucking not do it. But Burt Reynolds and Don Dewey's got to take a hike. Come on. (laughs) As much as I love them, 
Out of what's left? Cannonball Can Run over over Stripes. You're going to keep Stripes over Cannonball Run? Fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. They're both great movies, but man, Stripes fucking love that movie. I don't know. I'd... Look, you got me throwing the F word now. You got me throwing the F word. I made it this whole episode till just now. And I see your cursor on our shared screen beside a certain film that's uh, <sighs> going to upset me a little bit. I mean, there was there was mud wrestling. <laughs> Bill Murray. Gotta get rid of it. Scanners is gone. Oh, scanners. Ooh, man, I would have put that in the top. Well, six Here's my thing with Scanners. It's a remake. Oh yeah, that's right. You did tell me that. Yeah, it is a remake. It's not an original idea. Michael Ironside was so freaking legit in that movie. He was exploding head, so legit. Yeah, I mean, all the practical effects were awesome. Yeah, he also had American War of London too that has some awesome practical effects too. Yeah. Uh. Oh my gosh, this is not a fun episode. No, I mean, when you're trying to, especially when you're not going to really spend a bunch of airtime arguing the point. It actually makes it more difficult to cut a movie. We've got Raiders, Superman 2, Stripes, Time Bandits, Clash of the Titans, Fox and the Hound, and American Werewolf in London and Escape from New York. I wish Dan was here so we could have a third. We'll have to get him on one of these. It's He's in tax season right now. He's... Loser. Covered up. Uh, shit. I'm going to say... As much as I love it, Time Bandits. Time Bandits. It's funny. It's a lot of cool fantasy. I think I like like Space. Was it Ice Pirates? Ice Pirates. I like that one better, though. <laughs> Ice Pirates. <laughs> Ice Pirates is so much more campy. Yeah, well, I love camp, though. I like Army of Darkness. Yeah. I bragged about freaking Ice Pirates. Was Ice Pirates 1982? don't remember. Or 81? No, it wasn't 81. I bragged about that movie so bad that one of my friends that is all into film, and he's all into sci-fi and camp and all this shit, and we watched Ice Pirates, and he literally about spit in my face. (laughs) We haven't talked since. Ice Pirates is awesome. (laughs) That's going to be in the top five. Oh, boy. Raiders, Superman 2, Stripes, Clash of the Titans, Fox and the Hound, American Werewolf in London, and Escape from New York. Mm. Dan, where are you now so you can be an asshole and get rid of one of these, not me? This topic probably would be better with three people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody else can take the heat. Well, I can almost predict what you're going to cut half the time. Oh, man. <sighs> um, jeez. Um, 
Oh, man. This is rough. Well, because I don't want dead air time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, American Werewolf in London. That's a good choice. It does get pretty boring at times. Yeah, it gets a little slow. He's in that in that apartment a lot. Yeah. Um, I freaking, mean, yeah. Go ahead. Awesome makeup effects. Pretty good performances overall, but they're artists, anyways. But yeah, the the whole movie is just that one scene. The transformation. Yeah. The dynamic about life after death is pretty awesome in that. But anyways, go watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, or the transformation scene. Really, just watch uh, Michael Jackson Thriller and you pretty much got it. Yeah. The last uh, six here. The long version. Raiders, Superman 2, Stripes, Clash of the Titans, Fox and the Hound, and Escape from New York. I want to say Stripes. Stripes. Yeah, I would cut stripes. For me, it was that or Fox and the Hound. Okay. So, Raider, Superman 2, Clash of Titans, The Fox and the Hound, and Escape from New York. Now, this is the final five. So, can I say... Would we be okay if we go Raider, Superman 2, Escape from New York... Fox and the Hound and Clash of the Titans would that be the top five? Raiders, Superman two, New York, Fox and Clash. I think so. I think that would be a good top five. I think I could agree to that. Okay, number one's definitely Raiders. Are we cool on that? I agree on that. Superman is number two. If we would have gone, if we would have gone with the Donner cut, that probably be number one. Maybe. I really need to sit down and watch that Donner cut. I've never seen it. Yeah, you need to watch that. Number three. See, Clash. I didn't really like Clash, but I appreciate it for this. Escape. I love Escape from New York. I love it. I love Escape from New York, but it's very slow. It's very slow-paced. Yeah. Fox and the Hound. That's why I like Clash a little better. Fox and the Hound, I adore that. It's just a great all-around film, period. Yeah. So does that mean we want to move Fox and the Hound up to number three? And move Escape to four? Hmm. Since Escape is boring at times? Escape is boring at times. It does have some very slow moments. It's a it's a very well crafted film, but I I could I wow. <laughs> if there's anybody that's really into film listening to this podcast, they're about to shit their pants, but yeah, I would move Fox and the Hound above it. Okay, so stroke the <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're still probably <laughs> pissed off at me because of what I did last week to was it Raging Bull? Where the hell it was? Yeah, Raging Bull. <laughs> oh. Okay, so Fox and the Hound, number three. 
Okay, so is that it now? Raiders, Superman, Fox, Clash, and Escape. Hmm. Four and five is a tough one too. If you had a choice, if you had the choice right now to watch Escape from New York or Clash of Titans, what are you going to watch? Escape. Clash. Clash. Yep. That's that's a good way of. If I had to pick one right freaking now to watch, Clash of Titans. I'd watch Escape. But see, Dan likes Clash of Titans, so I'm going to go. That's two over one. That's two. So let's go with Clash. Yeah. All right. So there's your top five films. The best five films of 1981. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Superman 2, Fox and the Hound, Clash of the Titans, and Escape from New York. If you have problems with that, then... Yeah, this is a Scott and Paul show. We don't take issues with anybody. We just say it the way it is. Yeah, we could have been like dicks last week and went and read some quick review of Raging Bull to refresh ourselves and then tried to you know, expound on how great it is and rank it, but... No. I mean, I just couldn't fucking remember the movie, and we thought of this... <laughs> we thought of this, like, what, the night before? Yeah, I mean... Topic. And we couldn't wait to get it started, so we didn't really get time to... Yeah, so... I mean, our... Due diligence was, was done this week. Our review of Raging Bull was the uh, Sega CD game it was based on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, our Raging Bull this week was The Howling. That's just one yeah. that I didn't get a chance to because I've been busy, even though I'm busy watching fucking movies for the podcast. And uh, I just couldn't get to it. But anyway, um, if you don't like our list, you can email us at scottpawshow at gmail.com. Our Twitter is scottpawshow. Or you can get Scott on Scott V. Paul. That's actually the letter V. That's in honor of his favorite director. Zack Snyder. Um, I thought he was talking about Paul Anderson. <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson. W.S. Anderson, yeah. Let me get that. Yeah. Well, we did it. 1981 is done. Next week, or whenever. 1982. Can't wait to see what happens then. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Bye. Bye.